Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, and today we are going to talk about oak wilt invading Crow Wing County. And our guests today include uh, Melissa Barrick. She is the district manager with Crow Wing Soil and Water Conservation District. And also Rachel Doobie, who is the uh, Northwest Region Forest Health Specialist with the Minnesota DNR. First of all, ladies, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you, Ken. Yeah. Um, Melissa, I got a press release not too long ago, and all of a sudden I see this invasive, deadly oak wilt confirmed in Crow Wing County. Yeah. Um, before we do that, I just want to, again, remind people what uh, Crow Wing Soil and Water is, and then we'll kind of go into that topic. Sure. So, again, uh, Crow Wing Soil and Water Conservation District is a local government unit that's here to help landowners uh, with uh, their management of their land. And so, uh, again, we do projects on the land to keep our water and our soil healthy. Um, and then one of the other things that sometimes we get wrapped into is also what we're uh, – you know, either diseases or other concerns people have uh, related to that forest health. And so I brought in Rachel, who's a little bit more of an expert in the actual oak wilt um, of what happens to the tree. But uh, again, um, the, the DNR recently confirmed a case um, by uh, Gull Lake uh, with oak wilt, and they're, they're thinking that it kind of came in through firewood. Um, and so I'll go ahead and let Rachel talk a little bit about what oak wilt is, and then uh, towards the end of the program, we'll talk about what we can do to help you if you uh, think you might have oak wilt. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this is something, Oakwell's been around a while, but not here, right? Yes. As Melissa said, this is the very first time we have confirmed it in Crow Wing County. Oakwell has been in Minnesota since the 1940s. It was first found in the metro area and has just very slowly and gradually been making its way north. But this particular find is so important because this is the northernmost location in this part of the state, and we have a lot of oak trees in this area. So. Yeah. Oakwell could really have a, a negative impact, um, you know, to our local ecology, our local tourism-based industry. So the DNR has made this a very high forest health priority, and we're doing our best to locally eradicate it and try to slow that spread northward. Um, but if listeners are wondering what Oakwell is, yeah. if they haven't heard of it before, it is a deadly non-native uh, disease of oak trees, and it kills all species of oaks in Minnesota. Unfortunately, um, well, we've, yeah. we've heard of emerald ash borers, and so is this a critter that gets into the oak tree, or is it an actual fungal? What? Tell us what it is. Yeah, so it is a fungal disease, but it is carried by critters, actually, oh, and that boy. that is an important way it moves across the landscape. So, what happens is if a tree dies from oak wilt, it will produce spores underneath the bark, and it's actually kind of interesting. It creates a little pressure pad, and it pops. It kind of just cracks the bark open, and Local native um, sap feeding beetles or picnic beetles are attracted to those spores because they actually smell a little sweet. Um, they smell either like very old bananas. Some smell red wine or juicy fruit. If you get up close to that spore mat, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting organism. Um, they pick it up. And if um, you haven't been aware of oak wool and you prune, say, your oak tree um, anywhere from April through July each year, that fresh wound attracts those sap beetles. They're carrying those fungal spores. And then now your tree has oak wilt, unfortunately. Okay. So let's, uh, for landowners that want to protect their oak trees, talk first of all about Mm -hmm. 
uh, signs that a tree might have oak oak. How do we know if it's around? Yeah, so this is actually the perfect time of year to be looking out for oak wilt. Um, you can see it any time during the growing season, but typically from the months of July through August are great times for people to look. So right now, especially if you have a red or a pin oak tree, take a look at your oak tree in your yard or your woodland. Take a look at the shape of the leaves. If you see pointed edges, you have a red or a pin oak. If they're rounded, they're burr or white oak. And those red or pin oaks, the pointy ones, are extremely susceptible to oak wilt. And they die on average within two months of getting the disease. Oh, my gosh. So it's very fast and there's no saving them, unfortunately. But what you'll see is a tree starting to wilt from the top of the tree moving down and the uh, outsides of the canopy moving in. You'll sometimes even see just kind of an off green color even to the canopy. They'll turn red, turn brown, and start rapidly falling from the tree. And at this time of year, a lot of people report that they just see a carpet of red, off green, greenish, (laughs) brown leaves all around on their grass, or if they have vegetation underneath their trees kind of carpeting it. And you can just You can even go up to an oak tree once the bottom branches are affected, shake it, and the leaves just drop down. It's Yeah, it's it's really devastating to those trees, unfortunately. Um, But if you're in a camp that has those burr or white oaks, we do have those up here as well. Um, They take longer to die. So burr oaks, it's one to seven years. And white oaks, it's one to even up to 20 years. Um, Those will usually go one branch at a time, but you'll see that quick wilting and then dropping those leaves just happens more slowly across that full tree. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised that it could kill a tree that fast, especially the red oaks and mm-hmm. the what was the other one? Yeah, pin oak. Pin yep. oaks. Yeah, they're yeah. very closely related to each other. And that's another, um, it's hard to track where fungi come from, right? With emerald ash borer, we know it comes from countries in Asia, right? Because people tend to pay more attention to insects and they're easier to see. With oak wilt, um, we, we have multiple um, kind of lines of evidence thinking that it's invasive. One of those is that just complete lack of defenses in that red and pin oak, um, the red oak group, we call them against the disease. All right. So uh, unfortunately, if homeowners see that, there's not a lot they can do. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine you want to know if it's found. Yeah, we we do. And um, the important thing is for a single red or pin oak tree, right, once they get it, there's no saving them. For the burr and white oak, so if you have a really nice, valuable tree, you can actually inject it with fungicide if you catch it early enough. It's expensive. It can be. But that's something that people can consider. But um, we're actually working with um, Crow Wing County SWCD um, on some funding to help landowners protect their other healthy trees if they do get oak wilt. Um, And Melissa, I'll, I'll leave it to you to talk about that effort. Yeah, so one of the things we're teaming up with the DNR is just wanting to get the word out. Um, We're also hoping to potentially host a a workshop for um, cities and townships because we know that a lot of times people call their city or their township about issues that they see. Um, So we really want to get the word out that, you know, it's around and we need to be really careful about this. Uh, And then the other thing is, is um, we've been working with the Morrison Soil and Water Conservation District and they have an Environmental Natural Resource Trust Fund grant which is the sort of lottery money. Sure. Um, and so uh, that money is going to be available, again, for that 
far northest site, um, we would be able to have money to help the landowner with um, cutting down that tree and then also kind of um, kind of excavating the roots around that tree so that it doesn't spread. So if they have only one tree, we would only have to take the one tree down. Um, but, you know, I guess I look around Baxter and most of Crowing County and you see these beautiful oaks that are 100 years old. Yes. And, you know, so I, I guess I just want everyone to know, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a resort, a golf course, a landowner, or, uh, you know, it's public land. We really want to make sure we get this under control because that could really change the landscape of this entire area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, um, Melissa alluded to this, but I, I, I guess I'm not, I didn't realize. So if I get an infected tree and I have other oaks around, are they in danger? They are. So um, a lot of times um, the oaks are actually connected via their root systems. We call them root grafts. So they're actually kind of sharing resources together. It's really interesting and it's a great strategy for them. But once a tree gets oak wilt, that means that um, the top of the tree dies and it actually can live down in that root system for up to five years. So a really long time. Holy yeah, yeah. It's, it's Again, it's an interesting organism for, for from a forest health perspective. Not so much if you own oak trees, of course, but um, so it can kind of just move root system to root system. And that's actually about 90 percent or more of the way that oak wilt spreads across the landscape. So it is really slow. But what you'll want to do is really kind of the worst thing you can do if you have just one tree go is to just chop it down yourself. Because what that kind of does is it supercharges the fungus into the trees next to it. And so what we want to do is um, we have strategies for actually going in and cutting. um, And the the grant funding would cover this. Um, Someone could come out and help and do this for you, I should say, go and cut those root systems, and then we can monitor, help you monitor it to make sure it's not spreading. Um, and there are a variety of things you can do. You know, um, we, we want to leave it flexible to the landowners. You know, one thing is if it was on the edge of your yard and you weren't afraid of it falling on the house, you could leave it stand, you know, and just if you didn't have oak trees around it. Um, the the uh, Another thing we're concerned about is leaving standing dead trees. They could produce those spores and if we have a storm come through then that right that just leaves more spores out in the landscape but we've even had people come in with a bulldozer excavate the root systems because they had it out in their forests and they didn't care about the aesthetics of it it's really we we have a number of options you can herbicide the trees as well um so we we really hope that people do come out and report it to us and um there are a variety of ways that people can do that they can call their local DNR office. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that oak wilt can be really easily confused with a lot of other oak health issues, right? We've had we've had variations in uh, precipitation. We've had the drought right now. So trees are stressed out on the landscape. You'll see some of that, but it's that quick death we're looking for and that rapid drop of, of the leaves. So they can call their DNR office. Um, if you've got a smartphone or your laptop computer, you can actually use an app. It is the Glendon app. It's the Great Lakes early detection network. You can just find it on you know your smartphone store, whatever you use. It's a great and easy tool to report it. I've, I've used it. It's very slick. There's also a website you can go to. It's a EDD Maps, and that stands for the Early Detection and Distribution Mapping System. And those get sent to real people. And I'm, I'm one of the people that gets an email if you report it through one of those systems. 
You can also call our office, which is 218-828-6197. And we're going to be working directly with Rachel to kind of help with the site visits um, or stop by our office. um, Or you could also send a message via Facebook. We also do check that um, would be another way. Uh, The other piece I just I don't think we mentioned is that some of the spreading is by firewood. I was just going to ask about that. um, And Mm -hmm. so uh, I think that's another piece, just making sure that you're not getting firewood from other places. So uh, Little Falls has kind of become a big hotspot for oak wilt. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know... I would also think you talk about your providers who may be helping you, but just make sure they're aware of it. The one case that uh, that was identified here in Crowling County came from the arborists themselves. Um, so they're aware of this issue as well, but I, I think it's also good if you do hire someone, make sure that they know that. Or if you're buying firewood from somebody, make sure that you know where, they, where it came from um, as, as another precaution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you talked about it spreads to other trees, now how how wide a radius are is in danger? Yeah, it depends on your landscape. So it varies. Um, uh, if you have, and that's a lot of this area, sandy soils, flat soils, it can spread very far. You know, the research shows you know over a hundred feet in some situations. If you have a more diverse forest, that can help kind of break up those root systems. But where We've seen it, you know, in in other places, even going down to Little Falls, you know, you can just kind of see these pockets kind of just cropping up all over the place. And there is, there's so much of it, unfortunately, down in that Little Falls area. And we don't know for sure how it got into the area. We do suspect that it was wood movement, though. So that's a really important source of long-term spread. And so, right, in addition to not moving that firewood, we just really want to reiterate Please do not do anything to wound your oaks. That includes pruning. That includes even land clearing activity around oaks. It's so easily to nick, you know, an oak tree with heavy machinery from the months of April through July each year. You know, um, if you... um, you know, if you were to accidentally do something, you can paint over that wound um, with a water-based paint or even a coat of shellac. Um, that's a good way to prevent it. But really, I mean, even just for the health of the tree, it's often best to prune in the middle of, of winter even. So right. I would say flag that tree right now that or that branch that you want to cut down right now is a good time of year to do that and then hold off until winter. Okay. This is, uh, yeah, it's kind of scary because I think of how many oak trees are around here and uh, we'd hate to lose those oaks. So we really need to use caution. And again, uh, real important, uh, don't cut down that tree if you think you have the oak wilt. Instead, contact uh, either the DNR or the Crowing uh, Soil and Water Conservation District. Yeah, and again, like I said, we do have money available. We're willing to, the DNR is willing to come out and check your site out. So, um, and we'll be continuing trying to outreach to as many people as possible just to get the word out. Okay. Well, we'll continue to spread the word as well and hope we can, uh, if you'll pardon the pun, nip this in the bud because (laughs) it really could devastate our forests. Like you said, there's so many oaks. Yeah, exactly. And it's something, I mean, right, it's biology is on its side because by itself it does move slowly unless people move it through firewood. So we really have a chance, I think, to try to tackle the issue here. And really prevention is pretty straightforward. It's not wounding, but once you get it on your property, and that's really why we're helping people out because of its impact, but it can be expensive. So really just 
holding off on that project on your tree could really kind of save you a big headache down the road. Yeah. And does that fungus that you talk about, does that survive winter? So even if it gets into a tree, it's going to be around in the spring? Yeah, that's another way it's different from emerald ash borer. We don't know of any sort of, you know, cold intolerance. So yeah, it's it, 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 it thri- seems to thrive in our cold Minnesota winters. And um, the only thing that might be different potentially moving north are the um, species of insect that spread it. You know, it's so new to our area. Um, we don't have a lot of research on what's spreading it. So that's all based on what's happening in the metro. So we're hoping that, you know, sometime down the line, we could look into that more. So that's one way it could be different, but we expect it mostly to act very similarly to how it has in the southern parts of Minnesota. Sure. All right. Well, great information here today. I want to say thanks for spreading the word on this, and we'll continue to get the word out and encourage people to uh, don't cut it down. Act first by calling the DNR or the Growing Soil and Water Conservation District. And again, reminding homeowners there's money for help getting that tree taken care of. Yep. And, um, yeah, well, thank you very much. And, again, feel free to give our office a call, and we can uh, put you in touch with Rachel, uh, 218-828-6197, and uh, we can all do our part. Very good. Thank you, ladies, for being here today. Thank you very much. Melissa Barrick is the district manager with Crow Wing Soil and Water Conservation District, and Rachel Doobie is a Minnesota DNR Northwest Region Forest Health Specialist. I'm Ken Thomas, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you our Community Focus shows are available anytime on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also find them on our free mobile app. That's powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.